be good now. Welcome in to another episode of the Bet the Nerds Fantasy Show. Um, our waivers have gone through. It's Wednesday, September 16th. I got Dallas Goddard at one of my leagues. I'm very happy about that. I'm sure Will got a few um, waivers that he wanted to go through. On today's show, we're going to be going through uh, the game previews for week two. As week two is right around the corner, we got uh, Browns, Bengals on Thursday night. Going to be a barn burner. <laughs> um, we got our starts of the week. But let's get into some news really quickly. Chris Godwin um, suffered like a head – like he got hit pretty hard in the head. I think it was by DJ Swearinger towards the end of that game. He stayed in and made that catch actually. But Bruce Arians said he's in the concussion protocol. I think that Godwin will be fine. He's a warrior. I think he'll make it through the concussion protocol and probably play this week. Do you have any concerns about the situation, Will? Not really. Not until we hear more info. I was like a little scared of Godwin just because there's a lot of uncertainty with the quarterback change going into the season. But if you're someone that believed in Godwin beforehand, I don't think anything that's happened so far should change your mind. Yeah, and then Richard Sherman, cornerback for the Niners, has shown up on the IR um, for a leg issue. He'll miss the next three games. Um, I think that gives you guys a little bit more uh, like confidence playing against the Niners. I don't think you're going to play in Jets receivers. I think you can play Crowder if you have to. But, like, he played really well against the Bills just because they're pressed for targets. But it definitely gives me more confidence playing against the Niners defense that is usually very stout. Um, Kenny Galladay missed practice with his hamstring injury. I have Galladay on a few of my teams, and this is really concerning. You know, hamstring injuries just linger the whole season. We don't know if he's going to play this week. It's very tough to see. Is a good matchup against Green Bay. Um, that looks to be a shootout where he could have a good week. What do you think about the Galladay situation? It's not pretty. It's scary. Galladay, like, the talent is undeniable, but it's just, it's when a guy is injured like that, it's just really hard to navigate those situations. And if you have him, even if he plays, I might just sit him until you, like, see him in action just because if he just completely shits the bed and gets, like, two catches for 15 yards, you could totally tank your week. All right, asking for a friend. Kenny Galladay against Green Bay with the hamstring injury if he plays, or Darius Slayton in Chicago? Uh, I mean, if we know that Galladay is, like, not limited, I would easily go Galladay. But if he's limited to, like, 50% snaps, I'd probably lean more towards Slayton. Okay. Um, 49ers, who have a lot of, again, a lot of injuries on the offensive side, too, have signed Muhammad Sanu, who is with Kyle Shanahan in Atlanta, and he could be their wide receiver too, uh, right off the bat with all their injuries to Samuel and Dayuk. Uh, we saw nothing at all from Kendrick Bourne. George Kittle is dealing with an ankle injury. He may not play. They needed to go out and make a signing, they did. I, like It seems like they need a guy like Emmanuel Sanders right now too. Um, do you think Sanu has any value in fantasy right now? I think you just have to wait and see with this, right? Yeah, we haven't seen him play with Garoppolo yet. He just got there. Like, they're not just going to throw him in there and let him play, like, 70% of snaps. He'll be there on there for, like, 40% of snaps. Then maybe they'll see him in practice. So, until, I, like, I don't think you ever need to start Sanu if I assume you have, like, multiple options that are, uh, like, better than him. But he's someone you can pick up and kind of stash because if he develops a good connection with Garoppolo, he could end up being their number one receiver yeah in like a few weeks um alan robinson had some issues with his contract extension there was a free a rob going on Tariq cohen tweeted it um and he worked it out with the team Nagy says it's all good robinson should be in for this week with a positive matchup against the new york giants i think i just need to mention that we don't really need to go into it i think it should be with alan robinson last piece of news Le'Veon bell was put on the ir and the Jets running back core now is Frank Gore and Kalen Balazs. How do you feel about that, being a Jets fan, that you have the worst running back core in the NFL? Well, I feel like if it was possible to be worse than the worst, that's what we would be. <laughs> uh, it's just it's horrible. I said before the season, like, I'm just not drafting Le'Veon Bell. I don't really care where he's going. He's just not someone I want. I didn't think he was going to get injured week one, but clearly he's not well-conditioned. The reports that Frank Gore was like looking like the best running back in camp, I don't think that was BS. I thought it was like kind of BS at the time, but seeing how Bell looked when he's on the field, 
he just he looked awful. Even if he wasn't hurt, he just I don't know. It was just it was bad. It was awful to watch. So that's just totally stunk. Whispers from the bushes. Adam Gase knew that he had a hamstring injury through the first quarter, like he got hurt, and then he came back in the game and put him on a wheel route, just so that he would pull it again. No, because <laughs> Gase said after the game that he regretted putting Bell back in the game. All right. I mean, Adam Gase is out here with conspiracy theories. Um, he'll be fired by week four. Don't worry. Well, also, the the Jets, despite the fact, okay, they they tried signing or they traded for Kalen Balaj in the off season, <laughs> and that that trade got nixed because Kalen Balaj failed a physical. He right. Failed a failed, physical. Okay. Right. There we go. The Jets just signed Kalen Balaj. Yeah. <laughs> so he uh, passed the physical now. Did he just get like a lot more? Uh, it was like a week in the ago. Last couple weeks. Yeah. So, All right. Pretty fishy, Adam. I'm a little, little sussed out. Uh, let's move on to the game previews. Bengals at Browns Thursday night. Uh, Forty-three and a half over under. Browns are projected to win by six after only scoring six points in their last game. Um, I mean, I except for Joe Mixon, it's basically a void all. I mean, and I guess you have to play Nick Chubb. It's basically a void all here, right? Yeah, I mean. I guess it's like possible you play Baker Mayfield, but no, I just I I wouldn't I wouldn't. I, I think you can play Kareem Hunt if you have like Mark Ingram as your running back two and you need to start someone over him. Um, like if he if he gets twelve to fifteen touches, he's talented enough where one of them could be broken off for a touchdown. And he out touched Chubb last week, but yeah, I would avoid this as much as possible. I don't even like playing Thursday matchups like yeah. that much because they have such a short turnaround. Um. So, yeah, I don't love playing my guys in Thursday matchups. I try to avoid it. But if you have Mixon or Chubb, you're probably forced to play them. Yeah, and outside of, like, sneaky DFS plays, like, there's really just no one I like in this game. Yeah. All right, Giants at Bears, 10 a.m. on Sunday. Um, or 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. Bears are projected to win by 5.5, 42 points over under. Mitch Trubisky, uh, maybe a waiver wire stud for this week. I can't believe we're at this point, but he looked good in the second half against the uh, against the Detroit Lions last week. I think that if you're maybe have Deshaun Watson, that's tough to say that you play Mitch Trubisky over Deshaun Watson, but it's a tough matchup for Watson and a very positive one for Trubisky. I think there's definitely positions where you're forced to play Trubisky. I think you can start Allen Robinson like he's a must start. I think that like he was close to be my being my start of the week. Bradbury looked good for like the first quarter and then fell apart. Um, guarding Deontay Johnson, like once Deontay Johnson found some confidence, um, I think you can play all all the receiving uh, options, even like Jimmy Graham against the Giants. I think you can be fine playing him. Um, Giants side of the ball, I think Saquon will have more than six yards on the ground in this game. Anything you want to say about the Giants? Yeah, I mean, if you have Saquon, you kind of have to start him. Darius Slayton, he's tough because I think if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's going to not have a great game. But there's a decent chance he gets a touchdown. He's he's shown he's he's good at that. Yeah. But one thing about the Bears is that with Trubisky, he was awful through three quarters, and then in the fourth quarter, Matt Patricia just inexplicably started playing prevent defense, and Trubisky's had an absolute field day. Yeah. And it made him look great for that quarter, and everyone's like, oh, fourth quarter Trubisky, come back Trubisky. I'm gonna pump the brakes a little bit on that. <laughs> I think he he played well in that fourth quarter. Like no one's gonna deny that. But do I see that carrying over to this week? Not really. The Giants' defense is not good against the pass. He has that going for him. But it seems like a trap game. And then can you play David Montgomery in this game? I think, especially in standard scoring formats where you don't need receptions, he's a decent option. I don't. I think he gets like maybe one or two catches maximum, and then he probably gets like. 20 carries, 80 yards. I mean, he was so like, awful last week. Maybe he's still hampered by that groin injury. He couldn't get anything going in his lines. I guess it was a comeback effort, too. So the game yeah. script wasn't in his favor. So it might be better here. It just, I mean, I'm not confident in playing David Montgomery right now. I think he's a low-end flex play. Uh, if you don't have any better options, he's someone you can slot in there, but don't expect too much out of him. Um, Let's move on to Falcons at Cowboys. This is one of the matchups that we are targeting this week. A lot of big plays. Calvin Ridley... Julio Jones, both top eight wide receivers this week on um, in our rankings, like weekly, in your lineups. Matt Ryan, Dak Prescott in your lineup, Zeke in your lineup. Um, Amari Cooper was was present. Yeah, Todd Gurley is gonna he's just gonna get a lot of volume. Um, and with the running back 
outlook right now with like Connor and Bell hurt, if you're probably playing Todd Gurley, you probably have to. Um, yeah. Cooper looked pretty good too. Uh, there were some injury reports with his knee, but he had nine catches. He looked like the first option. Is there anyone you want to target in this game, Will? Well, Cooper, it was frustrating because as someone who has, owns a lot of Michael Gallup in my leagues, towards the end of that game, when the Cowboys were trying to make that comeback drive, it was just Jalen Ramsey sitting back and Cooper running these like two-yard digs and getting like a ton of catches. He got like four catches for like 15 yards on that last drive yeah. just to boost his stock. But for most of that game, or for a lot of the game, Jalen Ramsey was guarding Michael Gallup, which showed to me that there are teams that view at Michael Gallup at least on the same level as Amari Cooper. And if you look at DFS prices, Cooper's like 6,300 and Gallup's like 5,600. Like, because of that price difference, I love Gallup and DFS. And just in fantasy in general, I think this week, against a really, really poor Falcons pass defense, you're starting Cooper and you're starting Gallup, and they're both really, really good options. Yeah, I I need a big week from Gallup after a little disappointment. I guess it wasn't his fault. It was more Jalen Ramsey acting out. Um, Dalton Schultz, can we start him? No. No? Okay. Uh, Hayden Hirsch actually I think can be started this week after not having a good week last week. He was stopped by Jamal Adams, and we saw the targets go to Russell Gage. I think that gets evened out more. Instead of like 11 targets to Gage, it'll be like five and or it'll be like five to Gage and like eight to Hurst or something like that. Um, yeah, that's a game that I'm definitely gonna be watching. 52 and a half over under should be a really fun game to watch. Um, Lions at Packers. This is another um, shootout. Both teams put up a lot of points last week. The Lions gave up a big lead and had a chance at the end, and DeAndre Swift couldn't haul in the catch. A little butterfinger action there for Swift. Um, but in this game, again, I don't think you can start Peterson. I don't think you can start any Lions running backs. Like, it's just tough because you probably spent six or seventh round draft capital on DeAndre Swift, and he's the third uh, running back in Detroit. Um, I have Matthew Stafford as my start of the week at quarterback. I think that he he'll he'll throw multiple touchdowns. If Kenny Galladay is back, he will have a great game as he has two huge targets in Jones and Galladay and Amendola in the middle of the field. And also, T.J. Hawkinson had a great game last week. And I, even if Galladay comes back, T.J. Hawkinson should be in your lineup, and he's going to have another good game. Um, how about the Packers side of the ball? What do you see? Yeah. So, like, I love Stafford too. I think this game is going to be one of the more highest scoring games on this. 13 games late on Sunday, I believe. And Rodgers is my start of the week. Like, yeah, Trubisky, he had a great game, but he wasn't good in the first three quarters, but Trubisky is not Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And ever, like, I was worried going into this year that the Packers are going to be a pretty run-heavy offense and that Rodgers had a pretty like average-looking fantasy outlook. The Vikings, they're very weak against the pass, and they're very strong against the run, so that matchup played into Rodgers having a great day. But... From what I saw last week, Rodgers is going to be throwing a lot more this year than he did last year. He's playing out of his mind, and Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scantling have really stepped up as two and three receivers in his offense, and I think it's totally opened up this passing game. I think you can start either one of them. I prefer Lazard, and then Devontae Adams is probably the number one wide receiver for this week. Yeah, Adams and Jones are definitely in your lineup. And I think you can start Lazard as well. I have him in some DFS lineups, especially if Okuda misses again. Um, if Lazard is seeing the third string, fourth string cornerback on the Detroit Lions, I think he'll have another big week. Um, Rodgers looked great. There's nothing else to say there. Um, yeah, definitely target those two games, the Falcons, Cowboys, and Lions, Packers. Uh, Jaguars at Titans. Uh, Titans are favored by nine, and the over/under is forty-three. It doesn't spot the Jaguars a lot of points, even though they scored twenty-seven last week. Um, but this is a tougher Titans defense, I guess. We saw them uh, stop the Broncos' offense last week. On the Titans side of the ball, I think Tannehill will have a very good week. Um, threw for like two seventy-five and a touchdown. But I think he throws for multiple touchdowns in this game and even provides a little rushing floor. I think Derrick Henry has an amazing week. Will, that's your start of the week, right? Yeah, I think he is going to be the RB1 for this week. I think there's a very real chance he gets two touchdowns, and he could get even more. I think he gets easily 100 rushing yards on the ground, maybe takes a couple screen passes. But like, this is probably the best matchup he'll get all season long. They're 
this team, the Jaguars are just bad against the run. They're bad last year. They didn't get any better. Um, last week it was a, it was a weird game. For some reason, Philip Rivers threw forty six passes. I think it was because they were preparing for a game with Marlon Mack, and then they had to throw Jonathan Taylor in there, and then maybe they didn't think Taylor was ready to get all those carries. I don't know what the deal was, but I don't see them stopping Derrick Henry at all. He might break a seventy yard run, like. There's zero chance that he busts this week mm-hmm. unless he gets injured. And, and then that, that makes him like an absolute start of the yeah. week. Yeah. So Corey Davis, we didn't talk about him on the waiver show. Maybe we should have. Had over a hundred yards receiving. Is he the wide receiver one in Tennessee? Uh, I don't know. Well, I will say that AJ Brown last year, and I've said this throughout the entire offseason, that's why I didn't draft him in any leagues, was just because he got so much of his production off of play action and when the titans are like clearly passing the ball he struggles to get open and Corey davis might just be like the best like route runner and pure receiver for this offense that is tough to say wow so it, it just means that like when you know the titans are passing davis is probably the first option mm-hmm. but on those play actions the athleticism of aj brown enables him to get open and he's great after the catch obviously so I think a lot of times it depends on the game script. I think because the Titans are going to have a much better day on the ground against the Jaguars than they did against the Broncos, it's going to mean a better day for A.J. Brown than for Corey Davis. Yeah, I think A.J. Brown should be in your lineup. He's in a few of my DFS lineups with the stack with Tannehill. Can you start Jonu Smith? I think that you can because he was on the field for, I think, over 80% of snaps because he's blocking and they want to run the ball. And then when they go into that um, play action, he's on the field by design because they want to make it look like they're running the ball. And then they even set up two screens for him. I think that they want the ball in his hands. They set up a touchdown for him as well. If you had Jarwin and you weren't able to get Goddard, like me, I was going to start Johnny Smith. Yeah, I think if you punted on the tight end position, you had like a guy like Jarwin. Or maybe you have like Kittle and he's like not really healthy. You don't really know what he's going on. Like If you have a bad tight end situation for this week and Johnny Smith is available or he's on your bench, he's someone you can slot in there and expect like back-end tight end one production and he'll be a decent play. All right, Vikings at Colts. Or actually, we should talk about the Jaguar side really quickly. Yeah. Um, DJ Chark is probably in your lineup. He was only yeah. three for twenty-five, but he had a touchdown. He probably has more receiving yards in this game. The ja- I mean, the Titans have a decent defense, but their secondary definitely doesn't like blow me away, scare me away from playing DJ Chark. I don't think you can play Minshew. James Robinson was the only player, only running back last week who had a hundred percent of his team snaps. Can you play James Robinson? I don't think he scores a touchdown, and I don't think he gets any involvement in the passing game, which makes him a very low-end flex. Um, if he does get a touchdown, he'll pay off, but it's it's just a really bad matchup with a bad game script. I think they're going to throw the ball quite a bit. Yeah. I will say, one Jaguars player to keep an eye on is LaVisca Chenault. Um, if he's on waivers in your league and you have like a deep bench or someone you want to drop, he's someone you can pick up. He... The Jaguars showed last week they just want to get the ball in his hands because when he got the ball, he did some pretty awesome things. And while we both love DJ Chark, there's root, there's going to be enough passing volume for two guys to be relevant in this offense, but it's like a bad team. So don't necessarily add him this week, but just definitely keep an eye on him. Yeah, and they said that Chenault was even taking snaps in the backfield, and maybe that was one of the reasons why they felt comfortable cutting Fournette. Um, I think Chenault will definitely, like, it could be like a DJ Moore type thing where he gets the end-around carries because they just want the ball in his hands. Yeah. Um, moving on, Vikings at Colts. 48 and a half over under, negative, or Colts are projected to win by three. I think the, ooh, the Colts defense did not look as good as I thought it would week one, which was surprising because they have stars all over the defense. Darius Leonard, uh, DeForest Buckner. Uh, like, I, I don't know. I thought the Colts would win that game. I had them in my survivor pool, so I'm done with that. <laughs> um, you can play... Can you play Phillip Rivers in this game? You can. He's a, I think he's a mid-tier quarterback, too, okay. so you probably have a better option this week, but he's startable. And then I think you have to start Naheem Hines. I, like, if you lost Marlon Mack, if you lost, or if you had Mark Ingram, if you had someone like that, Naheem Hines should be in your starting lineup. He's going to have 15 touches in this game. Rivers will target him maybe 10 times, and he's going to get six to seven carries. You want him in your lineup. I think all his touches are very high value, and he's a very talented player behind a very good offensive line. 
Yeah, I'm a little worried about Hines just because the Vikings generally are very good against pass-catching running backs. They have Eric Kendricks, who's one of the best cover middle linebackers in the NFL. Their safeties are both very good as when they're in the box. So Hines could struggle, but if you see him lining up at receiver against the corners, which is a real possibility, he might have a decent pass-catching day out there where he gets like six catches for like 60 yards, and then any carry on top of that is gravy. Yeah, so I have Jonathan Taylor as my start of the week. He's the starting running back now. He's going to get 15 to 20 carries, and he's very talented. Behind that offensive line against not the best defensive line, or what it used to be in Minnesota's defensive line, they just gave up 43 points to the Packers. Aaron Jones didn't have an amazing day, but Taylor's going to rip this defense apart, and he should have a huge week. And especially in DFS, somehow they haven't priced him up. He's only like 5700 He should be in most of your lineups. Um, the last guy, I think, actually two more guys on the cold side that we should talk about. T.Y. Hilton didn't have a great game. I don't know. I'm kind of nervous about this one. This is a good matchup with his secondary, but Rivers just doesn't want to throw the ball deep. He prefers to throw it short to guys like Paris Campbell and Jack Doyle and the running backs. Are you confident in Hilton? No, because Hilton's mostly, I mean, I'm not going to call him just a deep threat because he's, he's more than that, but the Vikings defense, they're weak outside the corner position, but they're not weak on, like, deep down the field passes for the most part. I know they got burned a couple times by Marquez Valdez-Scantling, but they have Harrison Smith and they have Anthony, Anthony Harris, yeah, Anthony Harris. So two guys that are very good down the field at stopping those deep passes, so I think you're going to see Rivers relying a lot on checking down to running backs and on those short-range receivers like Paris Campbell yeah. and uh, Zach Pascal. So I I would keep Hilton out of lineups until he proves that he's going to be a focal point of this offense. And while I wouldn't start Paris Campbell, definitely keep an eye on him. And if he's on waivers in your league, pick him up. He's also like 4,500 in DFS. And that's just someone yeah. who, I'm, who I want to put in my lineup. Um, as a breakout play. If he scores a touchdown, he's going to have a great day. And even without, he had 6 for 71 last game, which is great in PPR. Um, on the Viking side, Adam Thielen's definitely in your lineup. They like they have to throw the ball, and he's like their only good receiver with Justin Jefferson still learning the offense. Um, I don't think you can start either of the tight ends yet. You don't really know where the targets yeah. are going. Dalvin Cook's obviously in your lineup. I, Kirk Cousins, you probably have a better option than Kirk Cousins. I don't think we really talk about the Vikings much. I will say Minshew was 19-20 last week. Very efficient. That's kind of the style that Kirk Cousins likes to play. So, while I don't think he's going to be great for fantasy necessarily, I haven't seen his DFS price, but he could be a, a low-priced option on that yeah. in that kind of style. But like for season-long leagues, redraft leagues, you should have a better option than Kirk Cousins. All right. Um, Bills at Dolphins. Bills are projected to win by five and a half after a blowout win against the Jets, and the over/under is forty-one. Uh, this seems like a trap game for Josh Allen, actually. Oh yeah. Like you're probably gonna start him just because you're gonna not listen to us and be like, "Well, he just had twenty-nine points and had fifty rushing yards and touchdown." This is a trap game. The Dolphins have a decent defense. And Josh Allen fumbled the ball twice. This is going to be a competitive game. There's no way he throws the ball 46 times again. No way. Um, I wouldn't bench him necessarily, but de- definitely like quell your expectations on this one. He's not going to get you 29 points like he did last week. I was excited for this matchup, but I feel like this is a trap game. What do you think? Yeah, so when you look at this Dolphins defensive roster, their secondary is a strength for sure. They're They're two star corners they have Noah Igbenogany I say his name right he was their early draft pick this year they got like they're set at corner and I don't see Josh Allen throwing too many passes I think his rushing floor still gets you there I think he still has like a decent game Agreed. he's he's always going to be one of the highest floor fantasy quarterbacks definitely upside capped uh it was it was a weird last week where because Josh Allen despite the fact that they're up by like 14 17 points they just kept throwing the ball. Yeah. That's, I think it's mostly because the Jets have a very good rush defense, very poor against the pass, so might as well take advantage of that. Dolphins kind of the inverse team where they're very, they're not good against the run, but they're exceptional against the pass. So I actually kind of like, I don't know if I would start Devin Singletary or Zach Moss because the split is just, it's kind of gross. Yeah. I think they make decent options in DFS, but... This game just feels really weird from the Bills side. And I don't know if I start anyone on the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, um, Devontae Parker is dealing with an injury, 
and he's going to get Tredavious White, who's a lockdown cornerback. You cannot start Preston Williams. I don't think you want to start Mike Kosicki, and you're definitely not starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, and you're not starting Miles Gaskin. Don't get cute. Um, not starting any Miami running back for the entire season. So yeah, you're not going to start anyone on the Dolphins side. Um, 49ers at Jets. 49ers are projected to win by seven. 42 point over under. Basically, everybody on the 49ers is hurt that you would want in your lineup, including Kittle and Samuel, except for Mostert. I think like I think Mostert is like a must start just because the way that must start Mostert, just because okay. the way that he played last week. But I think you should again quell your expectations because Tevin Coleman was limited. He has um, he was talking about how he wasn't doing well with the air quality in San Francisco this game in New York, and Tevin Coleman will be a full go along with Jared McKinnon, who was getting all the third down work. Looked like. Uh, healthy Jarek McKinnon again. I think that Mostert will probably get 15 touches. He won't get any receptions. I don't think that was an anomaly. I don't see that happening again. Um, but I think you'll be fine. I think he probably finds the end zone once. So definitely start Mostert. Um, anything you want to say about this? You know, you're a Jets fan. Anything on the Jets side? Definitely. Okay. So first of all, on the Jets side, no, no one. <laughs> uh, but for the Niners, it's it's a weird matchup just because it's going to be a low scoring game. I think, especially on the Jets side. But um, it's probably going to be a blowout. I will say that the Jets, despite all their dysfunction and shitty play, they're a good team against the run. They were good against the run last year. Uh, I was worried they might be not as good against the run because Jamal Adams is gone. Last week, they were still good against the run. So, And that's what the Niners do. But if the Niners get the ground game going, this game will not be close. It's going to be an absolute blowout, and you're going to see multiple touchdowns from these Niners running backs. I Part of me almost wanted to like start Jimmy Garoppolo in like DFS just because I think if they're going to be successful when they pass, but Garoppolo might throw 10 passes. So All right. I, I'm, just, I'm just not going to buy Question it. for you, and I really hope that this is the answer that I want. How many games does, – does Adam Gase make it through the season? Um, first of all, no. And second of all, the question should be, does he make it through the bye week? Okay, okay. There's my answer. And, and the answer is probably no. Okay, I'm glad. He's not a good coach. So, And just for your sake, because I'm your friend, I don't want you to have to deal with Adam Gase anymore, just like you don't want me to have to deal with Doc Rivers. So uh, yeah. that's not – we're not going to get into that. Uh, <laughs> Rams at Eagles. Um, Rams are projected by one. This seems like – too close of a line like I think the Rams are gonna not blow this team out but handily win this game the Eagles are getting more healthy I think that Lane Johnson will be back but this is still a team that has a lot of holes and deficiencies in both offense and defense like on the receiving core in the secondary it's not it's not the team that people thought it was just even without the injuries it's just not as talented as it once was um I don't think we can start Carson Wentz. He has no time to throw the ball. This is one of the best defensive lines with Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, um, some other good players on this Rams defense. Jalen Ramsey. I don't know if you. I don't think you can start Carson Wentz. You might have to if you don't have another option. But I think you should try to find another way. Like I'd start Trubisky over Wentz in this matchup. That's yeah, that's certainly possible for this matchup. Though I actually love playing both Eagles tight ends because yeah, Rams defensive line very good corners. They're solid. Safety, not great. And linebacker, ugh. Yeah. Like, bo- both of these teams have horrible linebacker play. And I think Goddard and Went- Goddard and Ertz are going to have a field day. And if the Eagles remain competitive in this game or if they win it, it's going to be because those two guys are just having a monster day. So I don't think you're starting Wentz just based on the volume that two tight ends are going to get. But... Even though you're not starting once, I think you're starting both of those guys, and you're not starting any Eagles receiver. If Miles Sanders is like fully healthy and he's gonna get his usual like full workload, I think you start him. Uh, and that's about it for the Eagles, honestly. Yeah, tight ends. I, I think Goddard is a must start. I have I picked him up. Um, if you picked him up, you're probably starting him. Like you don't need if you have a guy in your lineup like Darren Waller or Zach Ertz or Travis Kelsey, you're not gonna pick up Goddard. If you picked up Goddard, you're going to start him. He's gonna be a top ten tight end on the week, I believe. He had eight catches last game. And I think he like some of these situations that we're looking at, like Jamison Crowder and other guys like that, it's not like that pretty, but there has to be passes thrown and someone has to catch those passes that's the situation with goddard he's like the second best option here i don't think you can start rager i don't think you can start deshaun jackson 
Um, if Sanders plays, no Boston Scott, obviously. On the Rams side, Woods and Cup should be in your lineup. Cup had an off game, but he was getting open, and he will be back this week, I believe. That's my fault on that start of the week. Um, Tyler Higby, again, not an amazing game. The, the Rams won the game without throwing the ball more than six yards down the field. It was crazy. Um, I'll, uh, Malcolm Brown, let's talk about Malcolm Brown real quick. I think, even though this is a decent Eagles run defense, he should be in your lineup. Again, he's going to get 20 carries probably, and he looks pretty good. Yeah, I'm a little less high on Malcolm Brown. I think he's a borderline flex play. I think he's going to need to score at least a touchdown if he's going to have a, a if he's going to pay off. I think the yardage is just not going to be there. We saw. I mean, like Malcolm Brown is better than Peyton Barber, but Peyton Barber had like 19 carries for like 38 yards. Yeah, it was like two yards a carry and it was awful. So Antonio Gibson wasn't great either. He had, he had like a 20 yard rush, which like helped his average to like four, but otherwise he was also not having a great day yeah. so temper expectations from Malcolm Brown if you pick them up if he has a bad week don't like immediately drop him but I if you have a, I would rather start someone else probably but if you're someone like me who has like James Conner uh, I was gonna Thomas, hit you with that start sit James Conner or, Ma- or Malcolm Brown yeah uh, well if, if James Conner is limited or if he's not playing I think you're, you play Malcolm Fair. Brown over him Fair. so uh, if you if you need to play him, you, you can play him. Hopefully, you don't need to play him this week because it's going to be probably one of his lower floor, low ceiling games. Yeah. Broncos at Steelers. Uh, can you play Melvin Gordon? Saquon Barkley had six yards. If Lindsey's out, you probably have to play Melvin Gordon. But he might not get any positive yards in this game. Like, this is really – this is running back nightmare here. This is this might be the reason why you trade Nick Chubb, not because he had a shitty game last week. He plays Pittsburgh twice this year, and you don't want to yeah. have. You're gonna bench him those two weeks. You're just so scared to play against this team. Like Saquon had an okay game because of his receiving um, upside, but I don't think Gordon is startable this week at all. Locks not startable. I don't think you can start anybody on the Broncos. I mean, you might have to start Cortland Sutton. What do you think? Yeah, I think Gordon might get like forty rush, forty rushing yards on a good day yeah like if, he, if he's lucky if he falls into the end say, zone you'll be happy yeah and if he gets he could get some some good involvement in the passing game as well he's shown the ability to do that uh we saw saquon last week was able to make it an okay day by getting six catches for 60 yards in the receiving game but if melvin gordon's not involved in the passing game he's gonna have a total dud week and i just really don't see the upside but yeah. for most teams it the running back position is really really thin this year so like sometimes your your other options might be guys like J.K. Dobbins, and are you gonna start J.K. Dobbins over Melvin Gordon? I don't know. So it just it depends on who you have behind him. Uh, you start Malcolm Brown over Melvin Gordon. They both have really tough matches, but I would probably start Melvin Gordon. I think he's safer. Yeah. But it's this 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 is a this is gonna be a tough week for for people with running back issues. And then Steelers side of the ball. Um, AJ Bowie is out, I believe, with a shoulder injury. I think he dislocated his shoulder. He's going to miss this week. Juju looked great. And Deontay Johnson, once he settled in after muffing the punt, also looked like he can be a pseudo uh, AJ, um, um, Antonio Brown on this team. He looks like a great outside receiver at 10 targets. I think you have to target um, him as a buy-low candidate after not a beautiful week where he looked off the page with Ben Oppisberger. One of the passes hit his back. He muffed a punt. He's going to have a great year, in my opinion. And this is definitely a matchup where you can start him without Bouye, and they're going to probably not want to run the ball with Benny Snell and an injured James Conner and Jalen Samuel. This is going to be more of a passing attack, even though the Broncos, even though this is probably going to be like a lower-scoring game, I think the Steelers win this through the air with Juju and Deontay Johnson. I think you can start both of them. Yeah, last week Derrick Henry had like 31 carries for like, 110 yards, I didn't see the exact stat line, but he averaged 3.7 yards per carry. This Broncos rush defense, like, they lost Von Miller, who is more of a pass rusher, but, like, in terms of, like, defending the run, this team is one of the best in the league. The Steelers are going to have to throw the ball. Uh, I think Ben Roethlisberger, because this week is a really tough quarterback week, he's definitely startable. And Juju looks like a great option, and Deontay Johnson, while I wouldn't start him, definitely... If he's available or if you want to trade for him, this is probably the time to do it, like you said. I mean, I think if you're forced to start him, it's not a bad start at all. Yeah. Um, Panthers at Buccaneers, the last 10 a.m. game that we're going to talk about. 
um, or that there is. Buccaneers projected to win by nine after losing. I might take the Panthers to cover here. I think this is going to be another shootout, even though the Buccaneers, their run defense looked really good again. Like, it held Kamara to 16 yards on 12 attempts. McCaffrey's obvious in your lineup, so no question there. Um, Teddy Bridgewater probably can't play him yet. Uh, DJ Moore in your lineup. Robbie Anderson, is he in your lineup, Will? I don't... I don't... This this game feels like kind of a trap in terms of the overall scoring. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a shootout. I think, despite the fact that New Orleans scored a lot of points, most of that was because Tom Brady threw a pick six and a, a costly interception that set the Saints up for another touchdown. I think this Buccaneers defense might actually be the strength of the team. They Like, they're good... They hold their own, great against the run. So wait, I'm just confused. Tom, it was it was not Jameis Winston throwing those interceptions. It was Tom Brady. Tampa Tampa quarterback position is just eternally cursed now. <laughs> it looked like reminiscent of Jameis Winston. That that the one pick six looked like a throw yeah. that Jameis made maybe seven times last year. Yeah, so that that was definitely bad. I think this game might be pretty low scoring, kind of like the the Buccaneers Panthers games we saw last year. Pretty low scoring as well. Although I will say, I don't know if I feel comfortable starting Mike Evans because we don't know how his health is. I think you have to start Chris Goblin if you have him and if he's playing. But I think Ronald Jones makes her a very yeah. interesting start this week. Josh Jacobs torched this Panthers rush defense. Ronald Jones had a tough week against a really good Saints run defense. I think he has a great week yeah, against it, against this Panthers team. As long as Arians doesn't switch up the volume, I mean, I could see that happening. He seems like the type of dude who'd just be like, oh, Fournette, here you go, 20 carries, just because he, he feels like it. But yeah, if yeah. if Jones gets the workload he had last week, which there's no right, reason why he shouldn't, he looked fine, um, yeah. he'll have a great game. Agreed. Um, afternoon slate, Washington in Arizona. This is a game that Will and I really like because these are two teams. Is this a preview of the NFC Championship, Will? Right, pump the brakes a little bit, but you know I love it. Yeah, I, I'm just joking with you. I don't know if that's <laughs> realistic, but this is going to be a fun game. Two teams that we think are dark horses. Um, Kyler Murray, amazing. He's the quarterback three this year, in my opinion. He's definitely in your lineup. He's just so fun to watch. God damn, that kid is so fast, so good. Um, DeAndre Hopkins looks like a resurgence of Larry Fitzgerald. Should be in your lineup. I don't think you can start Christian Kirk or any other option outside of Hopkins. Kenyon Drake, definitely in your lineup. So it's pretty consolidated on who you're going to start for the Cardinals. As for the Washington football team, can you start Haskins? You don't, you don't need to. Okay. But he's someone you can pick up and just kind of stash if you have a deep bench because like over the course of the year, like he gets to play the Giants twice, the Eagles twice, and the Cowboys yeah, twice. Yeah, that's true. So... Those division games should be good matchups for him. I think he's someone definitely to keep an eye on. And then I think you still kind of have to wait on Antonio Gibson. If you're forced to play him, you might have to just with how thin the running back um, like position is right now in fantasy. But I, it may not be the worst option. Arizona has a better defense than last year, but I, like Mostert torched them last week. I think that Gibson will get more carries than we saw last week. He should be the first option. Terry McLaurin, definitely in your lineup. Wasn't great, but he'll bounce back. Uh, is there any other options? Steven Sims, anybody else you want to talk about on the Washington side? Well, McLaurin, I love McLaurin, but he will be against Patrick Peterson this week, which is a tough matchup. Peterson, somewhat of a shell of himself, but still has speed. Uh, I think McLaurin has the ability to have a great game against Peterson and against this Cardinal secondary, but definitely a low floor, I think. And then for Kyler Murray on the other side, it's going to be really interesting to see if this Washington front seven can get to him. Because if they can, Washington's going to have a chance in this game. Like I, I know the Cardinals are, are pretty big-time favorites, but like they sacked Carson Wentz eight times last yeah. game. Now, Eagle, uh, Eagles they're loaded on the defensive line. The Eagles offensive line, despite their injuries, they're better than the Cardinals offensive line. I know Kyler Murray's fast and he can evade, but just seeing that matchup, if, if this Washington defensive front can get to Kyler Murray and cause havoc this game could be very interesting and actually lower scoring than than we expect but if not if Kyler Murray can have his way then I think he's gonna have a great game I think DeAndre Hopkins have a great game and then on the Washington side it's 
you're starting McLaurin if I think you have to, and then Gibson if you need to. But otherwise, it's a pretty consolidated game, which is great for fantasy. Um, Chiefs at Chargers. Chiefs projected win by nine, 47 and a half over under. Chargers, the best team in the in football right now with one and zero record. Um, <laughs> anyways, just had to put that out there. The Chiefs, you can start anyone. Uh, Mahomes, we both love Clyde Edwards-Hilaire this week. I have him on multiple DFS teams. Um, you have him on multiple redraft teams, lucky. Uh, yeah. Travis Kelsey, definitely in your lineup. Tyree Kill. It, it, Sammy Watkins, can you start Sammy Watkins? I feel like probably not because Chris Harris will be in the slot like he was last week or he'll get the second receiver and you might not want to play Sammy Watkins against Chris Harris. I think Watkins has like a... 35-40% chance to get a touchdown and that'll get you there but I would project the stat line to be somewhere between like 5 catches for like 45-50 yards so not the worst play I think he can he can be an okay flex play but I'd probably look for a better option if I can yeah. the Chargers they're injured a lot on the like a lot of parts of their team but their secondary still good they're still getting the pass they were good last week so Watkins someone you can start if you have to but not someone like excited about yeah and then the Chargers side of the ball I think Eckler will have a better game than last week just because they're gonna have to throw um yeah. I don't think you can play Josh Kelly yet it, it, Josh Kelly's more of a guy you can play in like a matchup against the Bengals if the Chargers have a matchup against a team like that where they're out front using their defense to win the game that's the type of game where Josh Kelly will excel um I think you can start Hunter Henry again I, this is going to be yeah. a game where the Chargers have to throw. I think Ty- Tyrod completed like 13 passes, which isn't great, but five. I mean, five of them went to Henry. So, and also, I swear, Mike Williams only makes catches when he's on the ground and he jumps up and catches it. Like, how does his shoulder stay intact when he makes those catches? Um, can you like? Are you still playing Keenan Allen? I don't have him in a single league this year, so I'm not really paying attention that much to Keenan Allen. But what I will say is, like, I just I don't want any part of this Chargers offense besides Austin Eckler yeah. for fantasy. I think Hunter Henry is decent. He's a, he's a solid play. He has a good chance to get touched on every single week. Um, he's a primary red zone option. But Keenan Allen, like, it's a it's low floor, low ceiling. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I think... Like there's just there are there aren't that many good options for fantasy this week, so you might be forced to start him. But I'm really not excited about Keenan Allen for this week against the Chiefs defense. I actually like the Chiefs defense as a play. Yeah, they're available on every single person's waiver wire, and in DFS for pretty cheap. I definitely think you can pick them up and be happy with their output. They're much better than they were last year, or beginning of last year. Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones looked great in Week One. I definitely think this is a streamable defense. I'll have them in multiple lineups this week. Um, this is a game that I'm targeting on one side, this next game. Ravens at Texans, over under 51.5. I think the Ravens blow out the Texans. Um, I don't think it's close, which sucks because Deshaun Watson is great, but you might have to, like last year against the Ravens, he had three fantasy points. You don't want that at your quarterback position again. I would try to find another um, direction. If you have Mitch Trubisky over Deshaun Watson, it's tough. I don't know. Ryan Tannehill, what do you think? So last week I read the game preview for uh, Ravens and Browns on Bet the Nerds. And my main point was that the Browns, if they're playing from behind, are going to struggle mightily. And I think this game is going to come down to which team gets off to the fastest start. And we saw last week, Ravens got off to the fast start. Browns kind of got away from their running game. Just got completely out of sync, and it just it spiraled completely out of control. Typical Browns. Uh, yeah, and I think it's a similar story for this game. And if the Ravens get off to a fast start, it could end up being just a total blowout, and you don't want to play anyone from the Texans. But if the Texans, if the Texans can get a little offense going early, if David Johnson can have success against the weakest part of the Ravens' defense, which is their defensive front. If they can, like, get off to a hot start, I think this game might be close through, like, three quarters and maybe the Ravens pull away then. But am I going to bank on that? No, and I'm going to look for better options if I can. But if you have David Johnson, you kind of have to start him, I think. Yeah, and Duke Johnson's out, so he will be getting all of the receiving work. Like, he could have 25 touches in this game, and he looked very good last week. I think David Johnson's definitely in your lineup. Um, I think you probably have to sit Ingram and 
Dobbins. You just don't know the split. I like this could be the last week that Ingram's the starting running back or the starting. You know what I'm saying? Like quote unquote starting yeah. running back. I think Dobbins might take over after this week. We didn't expect it to be this quickly, but he just looks like a better player. Um, Lamar's in your lineup. My start of the week at wide receiver, Hollywood Brown, had a great week last week in a tough matchup. I thought he was going to struggle against Denzel Ward. Five for 101, no touchdowns. I think he finds the end zone maybe twice this week against the Houston uh, very weak. Uh, except I will say Tyreek Hill did struggle for the most part of the game against um, Houston. But I think that Hollywood Brown will find seams and exploit yeah, yeah, them. Yeah, they're, they're, they're bracketing Tyreek Hill and making everyone else beat them. They're not going to bracket that you can't bracket Marquise Brown when you have a quarterback like Lamar Jackson. Right. So and then he's going to have opportunities. Mark Andrews in your lineup. On the um, Texan side, like I would try and find a different option than Deshaun Watson. If you have to play him, you have to play him. There's that. You drafted him in the third or fourth round, so that's your fault. Um, we didn't want you to do that. But <laughs> um, Will Fuller, what do you think about that? I had a great game last week. I'm always nervous to play anyone against Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters because those guys just lock people down. Yeah. I, if you need to start him, he definitely has upside. Yeah. Uh, if the Texans are going to be competitive in this game, Fuller is probably going to be a solid option. That's so true. He has to last, be. He has to be. And last week he had a great game. He was Usually we see him as like this big play dude where he gets like three catches for 110 yards and a touchdown. Last week he had like nine catches for like, 110 yards like he was heavily involved Watson targeted him all over the field so if that's the case again this week even if they lose by 10 15 17 points Fuller might just be involved enough to be a fantasy relevant option all right and then Patriots at Seahawks um I think the Seahawks are gonna win this game pretty handily the line is four but they're just the better team. I think Jamal Adams is going to present a challenge to Cam Newton that the Dolphins just couldn't. They just don't have Jamal Adams. It's as simple as that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, what do you think of the Patriots-Seahawks game? This, this is a bizarre game because I almost don't want to start anyone on any team except for Chris Carson. And that's just because Patriots, amazing past events, uh, Seahawks, they have Jamal Adams against Cam Newton. Yeah. So, like, I think Cam Newton's really going to struggle in the run game. I don't think he's, I don't think he has enough pass volume to, like, torch the Seahawks defense. Yeah. I I think if you have Russell Wilson, you have to play him. He's going to be, like, he's going to be good. Yeah, like, I think Wilson will be He's going to be good. But I do I trust Lockett and Metcalf against Gilmore, J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones? I don't know. I don't know if you can bench those guys, but definitely temper expectations. This game has potential to be a pretty low-scoring, grinded-out game. But I love Chris Carson. This this Patriots rush defense is not good. Their front seven is definitely the weakest part of their team. And if the Seahawks build an early lead, then you can see just a lot of Chris Carson throughout this. I will game. say though, Chris Carson was great last week, but he was only he only received twenty-four percent of their rushing attempts. They went to Travis Homer more than him. They went to Carlos Hyde. Are you nervous about that at all? I think I might be a little nervous. And after that great week, maybe cash in on Chris Carson. I don't know. He's definitely involved in the past game, which was good to see. And he's he's shown that upside throughout his career. I, I'm starting Chris Carson and feeling good about it until I have a reason not to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'll get more of the carries in a game where they need to run the ball and need to be effective on the ground. Yeah. Uh, Chris Carson's not the best pass blocker. It's definitely his weakness as a player. And Travis Homer is definitely better at that than he is. And in a game where Russell Wilson threw 35 passes, they needed more pass blocking, I would assume. That's, I assume that's why he's in there. Yeah. If we learn otherwise, then we'll make adjustments. But I don't think you're trading Chris Carson now. And I think he has tremendous upside against the Patriots. All right. And then last thing with this game. Um, oh, shoot. What was I going to say? Uh, with the C- Okay, Julian Edelman. I think you can start Julian Edelman. I yeah. think the Patriots have to throw the ball, and he's their only target. Nikhil Harry should not... Okay, Demir Bird was on the field more than Julian Edelman and didn't get targeted once last game. What? Yeah, I, w- I was frustrated by that because uh, I think I, I played him in the showdown slate. I played a showdown slate for that game because I just saw that Demir Bird was like totally underpriced. And thought, like, he's the clear number three. I think he's going to be on the field, and he might get, like, a long touchdown, something like that. 
He didn't even, like get tar- like. He was in the field for eighty four percent of snaps. And they did, did like did not get targeted at all. I was I was shocked by that. I still cash in that lineup thanks to like playing guys like Cam Newton, but I don't know. Julian Edelman nervous about him, but I think you can start him this week because it's a pretty favorable matchup against the Seahawks. All right, Monday night game, last one of the week: Saints at Raiders. Saints projected to win by six, uh, forty nine point over under. Bit of a high scoring game. Michael Thomas set to yeah. miss the game. Um, I think Emmanuel Sanders is in your lineup for sure. He's a must start against a weaker Raiders defense. Um, Alvin Kamara, definitely in your lineup. I think you might be able to play Latavius Murray. Got a lot of touches. It seems like, like carry-wise, this is a 50-50 split. Kamara got the red zone, but if you need a quick play at a thin position, I don't think Latavius Murray is the worst you can do. I think there's like a legitimate chance that Kamara lines up at receiver more than running back in this game. That's true, too. Just without, without Michael Thomas. I think they might just line up. Sanders and Kamara, like Kamara, like kind of like a, a tight slot kind of option, I yeah. guess. Maybe like I don't know. It's just, it, it's it's gonna be bizarre to see what the Saints offense does without Michael Thomas because we just haven't seen it really. Yeah, we don't know what it's gonna look like. He just, he's so heavily targeted in the passing game. So many Reese's targets go there. They might just become totally run heavy and just completely phase out the entire passing game without Michael Thomas. The Raiders, they're going to be selling out for the run. They're going to be definitely like tighter in the box. They're going to try to make Drew Brees throw the ball deep. This matchup, very weird, but I think you know who you're going to start. You're going to start Kamara. You're going to start Latavius Murray. I think he's just a good option. Uh, you start Emmanuel Sanders. I don't think you start Drew Brees. Uh, and then for the Raiders' side, Josh Jacobs must start. It's a good Saints rush defense, but... He's just he's yeah. You, you have to start. You can't start any of the receivers. I think Henry Ruggs might miss the game. Waller's probably in your lineup, and then yeah. Jared Cook on the other side is my tight end start of the week, just because I think that interesting. Like if the Saints have to throw the ball, Jared Cook's their best option right now. He had uh, six receptions last yeah. week for fifty yards. Great, great output. I think he probably replicates that. Maybe he gets in the end zone. Are you surprised if the Raiders win this game? I don't think I am. I won't be surprised if they win this game. Uh, especially because the game is in Las Vegas. I think it's the first game in this new stadium, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and But going back to your Jared Cook point, I like him. I think the volume is what, is what gets him there. Uh, but I am nervous about the matchup with Corey Littleton and against their safeties with, uh, blank on his name, the guy from Hard Knocks last year. Oh, um, the guy, what is his name? Uh, their first round pick from Alabama, right? Jonathan Abram. Yeah, there we go. Thank yeah. you for saving so, us. With guys like Abram and especially Corey, Corey Littleton, who's going to be on Cook a lot, and Littleton's one of the better cover linebackers in the NFL right now. Yeah. It's a tough matchup for Cook, but I think there has to be enough volume. If, yeah. if Breeze throws like 25 passes, Cook's probably getting eight of those targets at least. So he's someone you can definitely start this week. Yeah, Will prides himself on knowing every defensive player on the Raiders, so there you go. <laughs> Um, thank you guys for watching. I hope you guys enjoyed and win your week two matchup. We're going to try to win our week two matchups as well. We'll see you guys next week on Tuesday for the waivers. See ya.